0: Well, it looks like you all hated me so much that you've given me this award for it that it can be about the performance and not the politics this moment so much bigger than me and I can't deny the fact that you like me
1: right now you like me
0: and thank all of you who voted for me
1: and all of you who didn't please excuse me I deserve this, thank you Hello, and welcome back to Academy Queens. I am a psychotic prom queen bitch, Brandon Stanwick.
0: And I will totally try and steal your man. I don't care if you just had a baby or not, Joey Gentile.
1: And we are here uh, with a new spinoff series. Uh, We decided to try something different for our Patreon channel. And uh, right now, the working title I'm going with is Alternative Ballot. Um, So, um, listeners of the show know... um, I'm not always the biggest Oscars person, uh, which goes a little contrary to what a lot of film Twitter people seem to be. So I was trying to think of something different we could do that's Oscars related, but not quite. And um, we're here testing out this alternative ballot where Joey and I will be creating um, a new ballot uh, for the Oscars. in a given year, in a given category. And the rule is we are only able to nominate people that were not nominated in real life in that category. And this year, or this week, we are doing 2011 Lead Actress. So, Joey, how are you feeling about it?
0: I'm good, but I'm kind of laughing on the inside because I can already tell we both have someone who
1: we agree should
0: be there. The, f- the best part about this, like per usual with our regular episodes, is we don't have any idea where we're putting people. And in this case, we don't know who either of us chose other than our
1: own choosing.
0: But I can tell you right now, we both think Charlie Theron and Young Adult should be in there somewhere.
1: <laughs> right. So if uh, I'm not sure if the listeners caught on to um, the intros or if they're um, up to date on the film Young Adult. But, yeah, both of our intros are from Young Adult, which implies that both of us have Charlize Theron somewhere in our ranking, um, but we don't necessarily know where yet, and that'll come in time.
0: And the best part about that, again, we were, we've always said, like, n- neither of us know who we chose. When we go into this for our, um, uh, our intros, we, we'll usually text each other, like, hey, I have an intro from this movie or this movie. But today we were like, hey, we just have an intro. Let's just do it. And it both ended up being young adult, and I think that's amazing.
1: Yeah, 2011 is a great year. I mean, one of the reasons that we picked this one is because there are so many snubs from this Oscar season. Um, There are several people who a lot of people are adamant should have been nominated. And I'm sure we're going to go over many of them today. So um, 2011 was a year rife with great lead actress uh, potential. So it's going to be fun to go through it and see um, how we line up or don't line up at all.
0: And uh, I can definitely talk more about it when we get to uh, next season of 2011. So I'll just give you a little teaser of it in this episode. But this was the Oscar year and ceremony that I lived in L.A. So Mm -hmm. I have a lot of insider information because I was working in marketing for the Viper Room at that time. And it, yeah, I've got some goodies for you guys, in, or at least in, in store for you guys today.
1: Very nice. Yes, yes.
0: But speaking of the Academy Awards, yesterday was the big day.
1: Right. We're recording this the day after Parasite uh, took the big prize.
0: You know what feels fucking amazing when the best director and the actual best picture of the year win the best picture and director Oscars?
1: That seldom happens.
0: So very seldom doesn't happen, but God, does it feel good!
1: Yeah, I was pretty excited uh, when Jane Fonda read that that news.
0: Yes, yes, it was, ugh, I was so hoping either her or Sigourney were going to be doing Best Picture, and God, did neither of them disappoint though. Right. They both had really good categories.
1: Yeah, I enjoyed Sigourney's presence quite a bit. I hope she makes a comeback to the Oscars season competitively. Yeah.
0: For sure, and I would—I just gotta say—I really liked the last two um, shows uh, regarding no host, especially yesterday. I really enjoyed everything about the show. Like, there was not a moment where I was like bored, and there was not a moment where I was like, "Oh my god, this is dragging." I loved the pace of it. I think they need to stick to the os- or the hostless um, Oscars. Um, what do What do you think about that?
1: Um, I'm a big fan of the no host. Um, I was a big proponent of it last year um before they'd even announced that there was going to be no host i was big on the no host train um i i thought it flowed pretty well i could have done without um steve martin and chris rocks a little bit where it seemed like mm-hmm. they were trying to shoehorn in some sort of hosting duties to a couple people who didn't have duties for the entire show and it seemed kind of half-assed um and I also, just on a weird note, did not care for Chris Rock's vaginas comment. Um, when Steve Martin made the comment about, oh, the directing lineup seems to be lacking something, and Chris Rock said, vaginas, in reference to women not being nominated. And yeah, that's a fair criticism. Women should absolutely be nominated. But I think it's also important to keep in mind that not all women have vaginas, and some men have vaginas. Vagina and women are not exactly synonymous. So I feel like that's something that... Um, more people need to understand. So that kind of um, rubbed me the wrong way in that moment. But overall, um, I thought it was a pretty solid show. I didn't have too many complaints about it. I thought it was funny when there were presenters for the presenters instead of just the presenters that awesome. coming out. Yeah, it seemed unnecessary and probably ate up a few minutes that um, could have just gone to trimming the fat a little bit. But um, overall, it was a pretty decent show.
0: Yeah, I got to say my favorite quote-unquote bit of the night was Maya Rudolph and Kristen Wiig. Um, I think they're amazing. And if you're going to bring hosts in, it needs to be a duo that has such chemistry as those two. I mean, Mm -hmm. Maya Rudolph, the last two years, anyway, last year when she did with Tiffany Haddish, clearly something's working with Maya Rudolph here, people. Like, if you're going to have anyone host something, get Maya Rudolph with somebody, or even Maya Rudolph by herself. Um, Yeah. I think she's definitely proven that she can do it now, and You know, next year we're very lucky that Tina and Amy are hosting the Globes again, and I'm really excited for that. And, you know, I support the no Oscar host, but if you're going to get someone, do Maya Rudolph with someone or without somebody.
1: Right. And if they were to bring back a host, I honestly would not mind Janelle Monae. I really liked her opening and her her little um, bit with uh, Billy Porter, if they ever wanted to co-host an award ceremony, I would actually be interested in what they would do and what they would bring to it. So that was a nice little way to open the show. And I also really enjoyed that they decided to honor movies that were not nominated, like Us and Midsummer.
0: I was actually just going to comment on that. I kind of sided with the film Twitter that found it very odd to put films that weren't nominated up there, because usually like if you have a bit like that, it's honoring the films that are nominated. So I'm very mixed on that, but all in all, I thought the Janelle Monae side was really well done.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, but see, this is why we give you different points of view with different, you know, different people. Because if we're all the same, it's fucking boring. You know, yeah. we already gave you the same on Young Adult, which wasn't boring, but you know, maybe this ends up being the most boring episode. Because who knows? This could be the one where you and I both agree not only in who should have been nominated, but the lineup.
1: Without, like, even knowing
0: who the other one right. has. That would be weird.
1: That'd be funny. I don't think we will, right. though.
0: No, I know we, we definitely we definitely probably have at least two who agree here um, that we'll both have, um, but we'll see what happens. But shout out to Andrew Carden for also inspiring this in a way, because the way we're going to start this off is we're going to give you essentially who almost made the cut with three actresses that... Um, We definitely almost could have put in our ballot, but would not essentially make the final five.
1: Right. So a little honorable mention in a way. And so um, my honorable mentions just might make Joey's top five and vice versa. So um, this is a nice little teaser for what could or could not be coming soon. Yes. Well, do you want to start it off or do you want me to start it off? Sure. So um, I have three actresses here. Um, I'm going to start it off with Layla Hatami. Um, She was um, in A Separation this year, uh, which I believe won Best Foreign Film. Um, She's quite compelling in the film, and the film is quite important. I would highly recommend people seek it out um, if they have not. Um, The second honorable mention I have is Elena Anaya um, in The Skin I Live In, a Pedro Almodovar film uh, with Antonio Banderas. um, It's very creepy, uh, very thrilling, Um, a really good um, performance from Banderas as well. And my third honorable mention is uh, Sharni Vinson, who is in Your Next, um, a little horror slasher film where she plays this sort of super final girl. And it's a very physical performance, and um, she's quite a hero uh, in the film, and it's uh, very easy to root for her. So, yeah, those are my three honorable mentions who did not quite make my cut, but deserve shout-outs anyway.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, right off the bat, we're not aligning anywhere with our with our honorable mentions because I'm going to start off with Michelle Yeoh in uh, The Lady. Um in The Lady, Michelle plays uh, a leader who leads the Burmese people to freedom. It was a wonderful little film that gained zero attraction, despite it having a giant four-year consideration billboard on Sunset Boulevard. Um, it is wonderful, and it would have been a great, uh, essentially in modern day, without her having any nominations, still a first nomination for Michelle. So Michelle Yu almost made the cut. Um, Saoirse Ronan and Hannah... Hannah, I think, is Saoirse's greatest performance she's given in her career so far. Um, It is an amazing, amazing psychedelic uh, European action film, action thriller, where she plays a a prodigy spy and kicks major ass. And I think it's a great transition from her essentially being a child actor to adult actor. And then finally, uh, de pair, I'm going to fuck this up. Adipero, Oduye, and Pariah, um, which was a great telling of a young black lesbian character who is essentially uh, ostracized by her family and has, she has to find her own way in life and essentially get her own, um, create her own family like most LGBT people have to end up doing. So those are the three for me who almost made my ballot. Very nice. Yes, yes. But. The rest of This Way Out, you guys, is kind of going to be essentially we're listing our five through one. Again, we don't know who it's going to be for either of us. And we're going to list them the way we did last month's best picture by taking turns. So if I may be so bold to start here, um, is that okay?
1: Yeah, go for it.
0: Perfect. At number five, who actually made my ballot this year, I have uh, Kirsten Dunst as Justine in Melancholia. She wins uh, Cannes Best Actress, and she wins the National Society of Film Critics for Best Actress, but she's nominated at New York Film Critics and the LA Film Critics for Best Actress. And very, almost very closely, actually got an Oscar nomination here, but I think Lars von Trier kind of derailed that for her. Uh, If you don't know what we're talking about, do your homework. I really don't want to spend too too much time on him talking about that controversy, but Dunst as Justine in Melancholia is melancholy is this beautiful science fiction love story um, that's very problematic in the sense of the family is at war with each other throughout what seems to be this entire thing. None of them see eye to eye. There's these beautiful relationships that like pop up with um, Dunce's character with like random members of the family, but as a whole, the family is a mess um, and it's essentially about uh, surrounding yourself with love and loved ones at the brink of extinction. Um, I think Dunst here is a wonderful, uh, wonderful actress in expressing what the audience is essentially feeling and seeing throughout this movie, which is uh, confusion and fear and wonder. And I think she does really good here. Um, I, I kinda still don't understand how she didn't make the cut Um, But this was definitely a a year that was very political for many reasons. And we'll talk about that when we actually get to the uh, actual episode for this. But yeah, Dunst as Justine makes
1: my number five. Kirsten Dunst is so underrated. I feel like she is one of the most underappreciated actors of her generation. Mm -hmm. Just in general. I think she's, she's usually always great whenever she's in something. Like I loved her in Fargo when she did the second season of Fargo. And mm. um, I think I read recently that one of the reasons she doesn't get as much awards acclaim as she probably should is because she's one of those people who doesn't really enjoy playing the game. Yeah. So I think when she just got her I don't know, her star on the Walk of Fame, or she did the hand the handprint thing. The star. Yeah. Yeah, and someone asked her how she felt about that, and she was like, eh, "I don't really like campaigning and politics," so it makes sense. And I felt I felt kind of bad for her because. If awards were truly based on merit, she would absolutely be at least nominated for something by now. But it's not the way it works.
0: If awards were truly based on merit, Alfie Woodard would would have won an Oscar yesterday.
1: Yeah, true. Or at the very least been nominated. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Who do you have for your number five? My number five is for uh, Juliette Binoche, who is in Certified Copy – Now, if you look up certified copy, it'll say it's a 2010 release because that's when it premiered at Cannes, but it received its Oscar qualifying run in the United States in spring of 2011. So um, this is the year she would have been nominated had she been nominated. So that's why I'm considering it 2011. Um, Juliette Binoche wins at Cannes for Best Actress, and that's pretty much the main recognition she got, aside from a handful of critics and festival awards. In Certified Copy, uh, Binoche plays a woman who doesn't have a name. Sometimes you'll see it written as L, which is the French uh, feminine pronoun, but she's never named in the film. And she plays a French woman who is leading a British writer through the Italian countryside for the duration of the film. Um, this is a very fascinating film. It's also a very enigmatic film. I know a lot of people who say they don't understand it. A lot of people don't finish the film because they don't, they can't follow it or they're not entirely sure what they're watching. And um, I kind of have a theory about that. Um, the man who directed it is um, Abbas Hirostami, I believe is how you say it, but I'm not positive. Um, he kind of takes a lot of classic films from the past and a lot of our contemporary films and sort of combines them into one. Like, at times, this movie feels like Richard Linklater's Before Trilogy, and it also kind of feels like Wong Kar-wai's romance films and basically a lot of the Mediterranean romance films of the 60s. I mean, it's two people walking and talking through Europe for 90 minutes. It's basically that same setup. Um, What makes this film so interesting is the timeline. When you first meet these characters, you think they're meeting for the very first time, and perhaps they are. And yet, somehow by the end of the movie, and this movie only takes place over the course of one day, they're a married couple with like a 15-year-old child. And Wait, what? <laughs> exactly. A lot of people find this movie very confusing. Now, Juliette Binoche, in an interview, said that she... Um, comprehended the film as being a relationship in super fast forward that it might only take place in our time over the course of a day but in some sort of alternate reality it's actually been 15 years or so i kind of go by the idea that this film this story is unstuck in time sort of unbound by time in a very Kurt Vonnegut way. So it both takes place in the past, present, and future at the exact same time. And I think part of what makes this movie work for me is actually Binoche's performance. She's very specific in her performance and yet vague enough to leave room for interpretation. And I think so much of this film's success hinges on her performance and how she's able to anchor it in any given time period, or in any rate of time simultaneously. It's a very fascinating film. I highly recommend people check it out. It was on Hulu or Prime for a while. I'm not sure if it still is. But it is definitely a movie that confuses a lot of people. Some people don't even finish it, because it's it's a very um, intellectual film, for lack of a better word, and um, I dig it, and I think Binoche is one of the reasons I like it so much. So she made my top five. I should definitely try
0: and see this movie now because you've intrigued me.
1: I believe it's in the Criterion collection, so it might be on the Criterion channel. I'm not sure. Um, Otherwise, it's pretty accessible um, through a Criterion DVD. I'm sure your public library will have it, for instance. Um, It's definitely worth checking out. You have been listening to a clip from one of our Academy Queen's bonus episodes. If you would like to hear all of this episode and the rest of our sensational bonus content, please prance on over to patreon.com slash academyqueens and join our queendom.